I think it's really important when you're going it on your own, whether you're creating your own cash-based clinic or you're, you're going off and doing your own thing as an entrepreneur, you need to have a community of people to go back to, mm-hmm. to who understand what you're going through. Hey, y'all, what's up? This is Aaron LeBauer. Welcome to the Cash PT Lunch Hour podcast, the number one show for passionate physical therapists looking to start and grow an even more successful physical therapy practice without the headaches or conflict of interest that insurance companies bring. Before we get to the episode, real quick, if you're new to the show or haven't picked up your Cash PT checklist yet, then you're definitely missing out. This checklist lays out all the essential steps you need to start a cash-based physical therapy business. If you want me to send that to you, then go to cashptchecklist.com. That's C-A-S-H-P-T, C-H-E-C-K-L-I-S-T dot com. Enter your first name and email and you'll get this essential checklist right away. Thanks, and now on to the show. Welcome to the Cash PT Lunch Hour. This is Aaron LeBauer, and my special guest today is Alex Engar. Alex is, he's a... He's a physical therapist who started as a clinician, but really quickly moved out of treating patients and is now a digital, we call him a digital marketing ninja. He teaches ambitious PTs how to do online business and online marketing specifically to get new people. And he started doing this for another clinic and then had people asking him and it blown up into a course and a program. And Alex and I always, we were just before this dorking out on technical stuff because we both do technical stuff. So if you're a technical person, you'll get a lot of this episode. If you're not technical, you're going to get a ton out of this episode. So Alex, welcome to the Cash Be Aaron, Dude, I just got to say, I am so massively excited to be here. I don't know if you know this, but my very first foray into online and PT was at CSM last year, 2017 in Texas. Mm-hmm. And the very first time I met you, I met Greg Todd, I met Ben and Gene, like all these, all these people who were my idols was at the Cash PT Lunch Hour podcast recording that you did there. Awesome. That was the very first time I met anyone. So this to me is like just coming back home. I can't, I just can't believe I get to be on here with you, man. That's so cool, man. It was great to meet you. And yeah, you were one of the handful of people that came up and were like, Aaron Bauer. And I was like, wait a minute, where? <laughs> it was really funny. I was like, oh yeah. It was cool. I mean, just to see your energy and enthusiasm because I was already starting to the point in my career where I was like disillusioned with physical therapy and what we what our potential was. And you've clearly shown that anyone can take physical therapy degree and make something amazing out of it, even if you're not into treating clinicians or treating patients, you know? Thank you, man. Yeah, it's kind of funny. There's there's no way I thought I would be at this point right now yeah. where not not clinical at all right now and, and very happy with it to be honest, but still highly involved in the field, which I think is the really cool thing. I know there are a lot of people listening to this that are like, oh, I love PT, but I'm kind of burned out. I have no clue what else to do. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm going to bail on the profession. Like there, there's so many things you can do with the specialty that you've got, with the education that you've got, as you mix it with other passions that you have. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I, th- I think it's a common misconception of people that, oh, I don't treat patients. I can't do anything else. Or you know, I have this other combined passion and, you know, I want to yeah, maybe treating patients in it, but that's the thing is that what you're doing is you're impacting so many other patients and clinicians through your expertise and knowledge that uh, it's kind of like, you know, it's kind of like treating 10 people an hour. 
but you have to do it <laughs> ethically. Um, but you do it ethically, or maybe more. I haven't done the numbers. So, Alex, tell us, like, how did you get into like? Oh yeah, I forgot spike ball. I was spike ball. Alex is also a spike ball champion. Or yes, you know it. A spike ball enthusiast. Uh, so, tell us, how did you get into PT, and what exactly is spike ball? Yeah, man. Okay, that, the two loaded questions there. First, I'll answer the PT question, and and then we'll get into the spike ball. Don't you worry. So, I. When I was 15 years old, uh, like many people, I had a, a previous PT experience before I went into PT school, right? I was 15 years old, started having some really acute back pain, had no clue what was going on, ended up seeing a physical therapist and really, really, really good PT and had the experience of, oh my gosh, like I, I can fix my own back, right? Like I can, I can help my own back pain. I just love the idea that within physical therapy, we're empowering people to solve their own problems in a sense, right? Not mm-hmm. be totally reliant on medication or surgery. Totally love that aspect of it. Fast forward a few years, I got married, I was in school, and I thought I wanted to be a neurosurgeon. So I was sitting there as a nearly graduated biology degree, right? And realized, had this epiphany that, oh man, if I'm going to be a neurosurgeon, I'm not going to have a life. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, wait, wait a second here. Like, so, so check, the, like, I had taken the MCAT twice, actually. Wow. I had all my shadowing hours. I had the, what I felt like was, was a pretty darn good resume to get into med school and was honestly a couple months away from actually doing the application. And I was sitting down with a friend who was a physician uh, or, or was about to become a physician. He was finishing up med school. And he was like, dude, if you don't want to work like 80 hours a week, and feel like you can dedicate that to the profession during school and after, like, maybe you should think about something else. And I was like, oh, wait a second. What? And literally that same week, I found out we were having our first daughter mm-hmm. or our first, our first child who's, who's a daughter. And those two things combined really helped me see like, oh, crap, I am not going to be happy going down this road. So that was my first, the first fork in the road, if you will. Dude, and a lot that of epiphany the- came to me the first night of organic chemistry homework. So look, I didn't have to, (laughs) I don't know why you had to wait two more years. (laughs) Man, I should have had it in OCHEM. I actually minored in chemistry. I really disliked it, really strongly disliked it, but I minored in chemistry because I thought it'd be great for the resume, right? Right. And I like doing tough things. So that night when I got home after speaking with that friend, about med school, I was, I just had this super heavy feeling like, oh, I can't do this, man. Like, I know I can't go into this. I want the lifestyle. So I literally pulled up Google the next morning. My wife went to work. She's a nurse. My wife went to work and I was sitting there on Google like, okay, medical fields with good lifestyle. (laughs) I got to, I got to start looking at this. And of course, what pops to the top? PT. Mm-hmm. And I was like, PT, okay, PT, yeah. I had PT, I, I could see that, like I could maybe do that. And then I started looking into prereqs and everything matched up and I was like, okay, pretty sure I can save myself here. <laughs> I've done all this work to get to this point. Maybe I'll just become a PT. And literally that decision was made in like a half hour. A little bit out of desperation of like, okay, when my wife comes home and I tell her that I'm not gonna be a doctor, <laughs> like I gotta do something. And oh, hey, look, PT also has a doctorate degree. Perfect, all the, all the important boxes checked, right? And I thought I was going to be really happy in PT. And I crammed everything into that next summer to get my applications ready, got accepted to the top school that I wanted to go to and started off year one PT school, anatomy lab, right? Sitting over cadavers, talking with friends, 
realizing that, okay, this is kind of gross, but it's actually really pretty cool. Like the, the biomechanics, I loved all that stuff. We got into the clinic and I started realizing really early on that I wasn't going to be happy treating patients all day long under the current healthcare system, mm-hmm. under like the, the sort of standard PT model of care. And I was actually in a PT clinic that bought your course, Aaron. Oh, wow. And I don't know if you remember Cameron Garber. Oh, yeah, I know Cameron. So Cameron was my CI. And he was my my very first CI. It it was hilarious, man. I am so convinced now, looking back, that we just ultimately get guided to, to the best fit for us. And it might not always be comfortable. We might not always realize the best fit. But I swear I've been guided step by step to where I'm at right now. Having no clue at all that I was being prepared for what I'm doing now. But I was the first year PT student in my very first full-time clinical rotation. And I remember sitting next to Cameron and then the other PT that was there. And this other PT had an online business. Mm -hmm. And as I talked to him about that, and he started talking about how, oh yeah, I'm actually making more online than I was as a a clinic director uh, my last job. I was like, wait, what? (laughs) Excuse me? He's like, yeah, now I just treat because I like to. I was like, ooh, <laughs> like that sounds nice. Mm-hmm. So that piqued my interest. And I spent so much time in that clinical rotation, picking his brain, writing blog posts to start marketing for that clinic. And then, uh, and then Cameron bought your course. And that was the very first time I heard about Aaron LeBauer. He'd watched, he'd watched a webinar and I was like, oh man, this is so cool. Like Cash BT, man, you're going all in. I love it. Yeah. And fast forward a couple of years, I just knew that I wasn't going to be happy in a standard PT job. And Lo and behold, Cameron comes to me and says, Alex, I've got this cash-based clinic and I want you to come on and you're going to need to build up your own patient base if you're going to do it. And this was right before I was graduating. And so in my last rotation, there were two pediatric rotations. I was sitting there, I'd go to the rotations during the day and then at night I'd come home and I'd learn digital marketing so that I could learn how to, how to create a patient base out of nothing at this clinic that I wanted to work at. And after helping Cameron for a few months, we started having some success in campaigns. And then I started finding, you know, I found you at CSM. I found Greg Todd and, and got plugged into his tribe and started realizing, oh, there are other people who are also dissatisfied with PT, right. who are also trying to do things their own way. And that to me was just incredibly appealing. So that's how I ended up giving myself permission to not have a standard career path, mm-hmm. blaze my own trail. And ultimately, it led me into a specialty in digital marketing within healthcare, which I now just absolutely love. That's so awesome. That's really cool. I love that. That's really yeah. it, Dude, it's, it's been funny too. I know I talk to a lot of people right now that are really burned out about things. They want to they leave their... Maybe it's leave their current job. Maybe it's starting a cash clinic. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's doing something total non-clinical. And they're scared because, you know, what will other people think? What will my family think? What will, you know, my boss think? And I'll tell you, it was not easy having that conversation with my wife. Yeah. <laughs> Did your, were your classmates or professors like, what are you doing? Like, you know, they didn't, I, I never, I never told anyone until I actually graduated. Uh-huh. And at that point I was starting to dabble in, like really started to work with clients helping to, to get their digital marketing going in, within PT clinics. And I, I really didn't tell people. I wasn't like, hey guys, guess what? I'm non-clinical. Now I'm fine talking about it because I'm a little more confident in, uh, in my decision. But early on, it's like I, I had no clue what I was going to do. Right? I had no clarity. And I remember having that conversation with my wife of, hey, guess what? I know I just got this degree, 
but I actually don't think I want to treat full time, mm-hmm. maybe even at all. And that was that was tough. But I love Greg Todd always says, "Freedom lies on the other side of the difficult conversation." Yep. And man, have I found that to be true. <laughs> what other difficult conversation had to have that, like, well, business related? You know, that yeah. Yeah, I just I remember. I mean that that conversation by far was the most difficult that I've had. For, first, I had to have that with myself, mm-hmm. right? Of like, hey, I'm in PT school, but I don't think I really want to be a full time practicing PT. And I thought, to me, I thought that I had to give up in order to 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 realize the path that I ultimately wanted to be on. I thought I'm going to get a PT degree, and all of a sudden, what? Like, h- how am I going to transition out? Like, I was literally planning my transition out the second year of PT school. And people are like, well, why didn't you just quit PT school? Well, I had a family, right? I had a wife and kids. We had sacrificed a lot to get there. It was expensive. Like I'd already shelled out a bunch of money. I wasn't about to quit. I wanted to finish the thing. Mm-hmm. And I just knew that, you know, having that, that first tough conversation with myself of realizing, hey, it's okay that I'm, I'm doing something right now that may be a little bit painful to me, but I know that if I fight through it right now, I set myself up for what I ultimately want, then I'm going to be much more fulfilled. And I'll tell you right now, I am highly, highly fulfilled doing what I'm doing. That's Um, awesome. So difficult conversations, I think it has to start with yourself. And then uh, you got to get those who are close to you on board. And I've just learned that, you know, sometimes I didn't think this podcast would go this way. But I remember when I started having that conversation with my wife, I was already at the point where like I had mentally made that decision long ago, right? It took taken me years. And to expect her to immediately be on board and just like, yeah, we're all in. Let's go. Nope. Right. <laughs> we're not going to treat. You don't need a real job. Like <laughs> that didn't happen overnight. And so I've just learned that, that when you do have those difficult conversations, you got to be patient with other people because mm-hmm. uh, they have to go along that same, <laughs> that same epiphany path that right. you have that's taken you so long. And how many kids do you have? I've got two kids right now. I've got a five-year-old and a three-year-old, two little so- girls. At that point, had you was she like pregnant, or did you guys already have the second one? At that point, we had we had the second kid, so so we had just bought a house. Oh we, man, we the pressure's on. Oh man, but dude, Aaron, the pressure has has really yeah. been on. Past two years have not been easy, I mean, I think people see right now what Will and I, my business partner Will Boyd and I, have accomplished up to this point, and they feel like, oh man, like it's crazy amazing, and yeah, it's crazy amazing, but it's also been really difficult. Mm-hmm. Like I graduated PT school and didn't have a paycheck. Right. I had to go make my own paycheck out of nothing. Yeah. And that's been tough. So yeah, we, we bought a house a little bit before I graduated. And my wife's a nurse. Like I said, she just works two days a week. And, and there was definitely been pressure of like, all right, how are we going to make this work? But we found a way. We made sacrifices along the way. And you know, I've got kids, I've got a house and, and a family who, who needs bread on the table. Like it's, right. I get it. I, yeah, I have get you it. ever it's taken a paycheck from someone else as a PT? <laughs> I did for two days. As soon as I got licensed, uh, I had a friend who said, Hey, Alex, I've got, I've got a clinic about 45 minutes south of where I was at. And their licensed PT needed to go on vacation. And so they needed someone with a, a, basically a warm body and a PT license there uh-huh. at the clinic. <laughs> and I'd been graduated for like a month. And uh, so I went there for like two, two or three days. So okay. yes, I took yes. one paycheck. I have, right. I have seen some patients, but like I, yeah. man, I can't really say I've ever really done an eval as a yeah. licensed PT. No, me neither. I mean, well, for myself, but like, <laughs> yeah. like well, I didn't work for some, you know, this is the funny thing is like, I'm asking these questions and it's because I was right there. Like yeah. my kids didn't come while I was in PT school, but 
there one, my first one was on the way when I was starting my practice. Mm-hmm. I didn't work for anyone else. I also had this epiphany of like, I can't be a physician. You know, it's like, it's going to ruin, you know, like ruin my life. <laughs> and, you know, it's like, so it's, it's, it's cool to hear this. And I just want to like, one, I want to pull that out because it's, you know, you don't have to work for someone else. You can be no. successful as a business owner out of school. So like, how did, how did you start making money? Man, such a good question. So the very first thing I did, I honestly started the very first money that I made online was by helping clinicians with video editing. Mm. This is really weird. I, I had a doctorate in physical therapy and I was making money video editing, <laughs> which is, is really weird, right? But the, I found a skill that I had and, and this is kind of on the side. This is right as I was graduating and I was just in this transition point where I was like, maybe I'll build up my own patient base. You know, what can I do to bring some money in on the side? So I started video editing. And, and then I started helping people with uh, their own online marketing, their own digital marketing. And I took a couple private clients on helping them, clinics helping them with their marketing. Had a nutritionist that I've guided who's, who's building her own online platform, online course. And so those things started trickling in little by little. And then as Will Boyd and I partnered up and started creating our own audience, that's when things started really clicking for us is once we looked at, okay, how can I, how can I start taking the expertise that I have right now that I know I can help people with, but then how do I create a business out of that? And for us, it started by, we we created a Facebook group, something so like, you wouldn't think that a Facebook group is is what could do it for you, but but that's what has 100% created our business for us starting off was creating a free Facebook group. Right. And that led to opportunities to ask people, hey, like, what do you need help with in your marketing? And then people essentially just told us. And so we created that. And then we had a product that we could sell. Uh, and that's how we've turned into a, a six-figure business in, in just over a year. Oh, that's so amazing. That's awesome. I love hearing that. It's, it's really freaking fun, man. It's also not nearly as rosy as everyone thinks it is. No. You probably attest to that, Aaron, <laughs> right? Like, <laughs> Yeah. No, I was just telling you about this before we started the show. It's like, it's just one of those things where it's like, no matter how good you do, I think when you're meant for this stuff, you find, I mean, it's easy to find the negatives, but you find like ways that you'd like, I didn't meet my mark. You know, it's like, I have these high expectations. Like, I don't, you know, it's not easy. You know, it's lonely. Hey, at least you got, a partner in Will who was like doing stuff with you. you know, it's, <laughs> it's so true. You know, but that's why I've reached out to you a couple of times in the last year. So it's like, well, I need someone else who understands the way my brain works. And you're one of the few people that like can follow everything. We <laughs> <laughs> think so much alike. It's terrible. These inner nerds inside of us that just get going. And, but, but that really is so true. I think that having someone else to kind of a shoulder to cry on or someone to bounce ideas off of. That's how my business relationship with Will Boyd started is we just had this common interest in digital marketing and started bouncing ideas off each other and saying, dude, I tried this and look what happened. Like, oh man, this totally didn't work out. Or hey, this worked out. Uh, I I think it's really important when you're going it on your own, whether you're creating your own cash-based clinic or you're, you're going off and doing your own thing as an entrepreneur, you need to have a community of people to go back to. Mm Mm-hmm. To who understand what you're going through, and and I get like I, I'm married. I know that my wife is is my best friend and, and closest ally, but I also need people who are doing the same thing that are understanding the problems I'm going through at the same time. So right. that's why I think you know finding a tribe is just yeah, is just so crucial in this whole process, especially early on. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So how do you have because you have Will you and Will 
are in like a business together, your partner, mm-hmm. business partners. How did you figure out that this was going to be the right thing? And then how do you guys like, what do you each bring to the table, you know, in this like relationship? Like what are your strengths? What are his? And yeah. how, do, how does it work? Because yeah. I've been in partnerships that didn't work. I've seen people that don't work and seen people that do work. So how does it, how do you guys make it work? What, what are your roles and everything? That's a really good question. It's really interesting. I've been reflecting on that. I started off, if you were to ask me a year and a half ago, two years ago, what I was doing, I would have told you about the five different partnerships I was in. I was, I was, I mean, I think it's, it's pretty natural when you're starting off, like, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm going to do a whole bunch of different things, which good or bad. I don't know. That's, that's how it worked out for me. I'm actually kind of glad that I did see different opportunities and did sort of test them out. There's a really good book called, I think it's Decisive by Chip and Dan Heath, mm. who they, they talk about how to make decisions. And one of their core ways of making a decision is saying, hey, I, like go down the path a little bit in each of those decisions so that you can make a, an educated decision, right? For lack of a better term. So you're not guessing. So I started that way. I had actually had multiple business partners, if you will, that I was starting to sort of do things with and, and fill it out. Didn't really make too much official until Will and I started really growing this audience that, that we have now. And the way it started again is we were just friends who had a common interest and then decided, hey, let's start a Facebook group together. But it turned into a real business once we found out that we had a, a shared expertise and shared mission of mm-hmm. helping people to become their own boss, of being able to have their own career path set out and, and have the tools to be able to do that. Now, you and I share similar visions in terms of what we want to help people create, right? right. We're just on the like super tech geek side. <laughs> like we're all in on the geeky side. And so Will and I, as we decided to work together, found that we both have very compatible skill sets. So when you ask, you know, what does Will bring to the table? What do I bring to the table? To be honest, we can both do a lot of what each other does in the mm-hmm. business which I think is a unique partnership because we have those, those similar skill sets. I really struggle answering the question of like, what's your role? What's Will's role? Because we both share so much of it. Like we literally, I mean, we could both jump on the phone with a client and, and solve their marketing issue. We could both jump in and create a portion of our course. Like we know how to do all the back end of all that. Mm-hmm. We can both jump in and, and be the face of the business within our Facebook group. We can both sit and create the emails we can do both. And so we're actually going through that like, okay, like how do we delineate roles? Um, And how we've ultimately done that is we've just started to find like, what are, what are each other's aptitudes, right? That that we both are just naturally inclined towards. And I have this dude, I'm just a super geek. Like I'm, I'm just a super geek. So I, I have this really numbers oriented brain. So, okay, it makes sense to I'll, I'll start guiding the financial path of the business. Will has the like, incredible superpower of caring for people like you just wouldn't believe and being that like out that hand of outreach. So Will is often the one who's just sitting back there like cheerleading on the people who are coming to us. And uh, hopefully we both do that to an extent, but Will just has an amazing gift for working with people in that way. So you just delineate it, uh, you know, based on what you, what you like, what works for you and, and realize that it's going to be fluid. Things, things change as you go. And they, they certainly have for us. Right. That's amazing. And you guys became business partners before you actually met in person, right? Yeah, man. We didn't meet for like eight, 10 months. Let's see, actually. So Will and I met in January of 2017 through a Facebook group. And then we formed our business. We started our Facebook group in June of last year. 
launched our first product in November. That's when we actually started our business. And then we didn't meet in person until May mm-hmm. of the following year. So wow. yeah, almost we had known each other for, for over a year before we actually met in person. <laughs> and you know what? When we met in person, it was great. It was really exciting, but it, it was the exact same. Like We just already right. knew each other so well because of the power of the internet. I mean, getting on a Zoom call like we're on right now, it, it, the connection is pretty darn real. And, and I think everyone poo-poos you know, digital relationships, digital connection, but heck, like, we were business partners. For, uh, Will had so much of my money sitting in one of his bank accounts for a while before we were like, ah, it's fine. Yeah. Trust the guy. I also just lucked out amazingly. Like Will, Will is one of the best, literally one of the best people on the planet. And I, I just got super lucky to be able to work with him. So I know it doesn't always work out that way, but, but yeah, man, it's so funny that we hadn't ever met till months and months later. Yeah, that's awesome. That's really cool. I want to ask you like a couple questions. I mean, I think those are great. I want to ask you a couple questions about some of the things that you see people doing online to advertise or market their business mm-hmm. that I wouldn't say, I won't say oh, they're wrong things, but what are people sure. doing okay. that if, if they could look at their website or their ads or there's something and go, Hmm, maybe that's not the right thing. Like, what are you seeing the mistakes people are making? Yeah. So I'll, I'll say that the first one that I see is how people are using social media. And, and you and I have had conversations about this at length, had lots of talks with people about this recently. And I think the biggest thing is you've got to understand the rules of, so, of each platform that you're on. And so I see people going on Facebook, sharing a link to something or like going all in on their business page and paying someone to post on their business page. And they're getting like three likes and, you know, 30 people see their posts and they're wondering, well, I'm paying someone to do this. Why isn't it working? Well, that's not how the, that's not the rules of the platform. Learn the rules of the darn platform. So for instance, on Facebook, like, does it do you a lot of good to have someone posting random quotes on your Facebook page, on your business page? No, it doesn't. I see a lot of people spending money with social media managers doing that. If you want to have success on Facebook, there's some things you need to know. You need to understand how their, face, how their algorithm works. That mm-hmm. if, if your stuff is going to get shown to people, it's because A, you're either paying for it through Facebook ads or B, you're connecting with people and showing Facebook, hey, we have a relationship. So, so they see my content. So that's a big one. From like a granular level, I see a lot of people posting links on Facebook. Links don't do well on Facebook. Mm-hmm. If you're going to post a link to a blog post, to a podcast episode, put the link in the first comment. Right. And so many more people will see your post. So that, that's the big one. And, but then, and that takes a lot of, you can't automate that. Mm-mm, mm-mm. That's the trick. That's the thing is like, you can't automate share, you know, the comment. <laughs> you have to actually manually go do that yourself. Yeah. And, and that's, I think, the, the big, I guess maybe the biggest takeaway is you can't just assume that because something is digital or online that you can just automate everything and be totally hands-off. Mm-hmm. I, I think that you, you just can't right now if you're going to have success. Either you or someone on your team has to be fairly active on social media in order for it to be able to work. Now, where you can start automating things a little bit is on the paid side, right? That's why you and I love Facebook ads so much because you do the ad once and suddenly it keeps going, right? Oh, it's amazing because you do the work once and then there's this ripple effect. Um, But that's a big one. The other thing is just like treat people like humans online. Mm -hmm. It's so funny to me. Will and I joke about this all the time, how different interaction is on Facebook from real life. 
people are still people. We should still interact the same way. Let's like, don't tear someone else's head off just because you're on social media, right? Treat people like people, even though it's social media. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. So what, so do you guys do website stuff or you're just doing more like digital no, marketing? Man, we, like you refer, we refer all the website stuff on. We do funnels. Now mm-hmm. that that's kind of our, our business is called Healthy Funnel, right. uh, which you know what a funnel is. It's basically yep. a, 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 like a mini website, right? Where you're leading people to opt in for something like a free guide and then you're giving them a thank you page mm-hmm. where maybe they have a video saying, hey, if you want a next step, you know, join, join my group or sure. come into the clinic. Yeah. So, so Alex, explain, thing. explain what, so let's talk about that real quick. So explain yeah. like, so a fun, like let's make it, let's back it up. Like yeah, why yeah. are funnels important? Like, why can't I just go create that on my own website? Why is it important to use something like click funnels or create, you know, some kind of funnel? So, a, you know, a funnel is a website or a landing page, a page where people visit. Why is that so important? Yeah. So I'm going to back up one step further and I'll give you my, what I feel like a funnel is. A funnel is a digital representation of a relationship that you would build with someone in person. Okay. Mm -hmm. A funnel can start in Facebook. Okay. A funnel can start with you commenting on someone's Facebook post. It's, It's just the beginning of the digital relationship, right? And so when I say funnel, I don't necessarily just mean the little website pages that we send people to, but it's the entire experience that someone goes through with us digitally. So someone out there is thinking, what's, what's this whole funnel thing? Why do I care about it in my business? Well, let's imagine you send someone to your website right now. What would they see? In fact, like if you're, if you're at your computer right now, maybe you get out of the car. Why don't you go look at your website? And for someone who's just coming there, how clear is it what their next step should be when they hit your website. Do you have a million buttons all over the place? Is it menus galore? Is it overwhelming, right? That's that's not an easy way to progress the relationship. A really easy way to progress a relationship is to make sure that you're hitting one very specific thing that people need and then saying, here's the next step that you should take to help solve that problem, okay? So when I'm thinking about sending someone through a funnel or creating a funnel for my business, I'm thinking about what's the problem that I help people with Mm -hmm. and what is one solution I can help give them right now to progress this relationship forward, right? right? So for example, when you date someone, you don't see them on the street and say, you are absolutely beautiful. You're my ideal wife. Will you marry me? Like that that doesn't work. That also doesn't work online. We don't go up to someone and, and say, Oh, you're just my ideal patient. Come in and buy a three thousand dollar package right now. Like, right. doesn't work that way. Book so now. We, <laughs> book now. Book book right now. I know you're ready because you're perfect. Right? We don't do that. So what we do is very much like dating. We take them through small kind of micro commitments. Right. First thing is, hey, will you even talk to me? Right. You see mm-hmm. the pretty girl. You walk up to her or the handsome guy, and he's, you know, hey, will you even talk to me at all? Like, do I? Is there even a chance that I have here? Right. And that's like saying, you know, maybe I'll put a Facebook ad out in front of someone. And we say, hey, do you even have any interest at all in back pain? Like, is this, is this even remotely something you have an interest in? And they say, yes, by clicking on the ad, right? So they click on the ad. Now, all of a sudden, they're going to some page on your website. Well, the next step then is, hey, you know what? I, like, I think you're cool. We have some common interests. Maybe we should exchange information a little bit, right? That's what you do in the dating situation. Well, same thing online. You would say, hey, I've got this great back pain ebook or this great video on how to help your back pain. Can I send it to you? Like, give me your name and email and I'll send it to you. So the reason that's important is 
we want to progress the relationship like we would in a real relationship. Again, <laughs> the digital world mirrors the real world. So this is why funnels are important. It allows us to very specifically control the experience that someone goes through as they get into our world online. And so you talked about, you know, should you be using click funnels? Should you just do this on your website? You know, are you in lead pages? Are you in Infusionsoft? All these, all these different softwares. And ultimately, in my mind, it doesn't matter which software you use or which platform you use, just that you're able to do it. And mm-hmm. we use ClickFunnels. We're like you. We love ClickFunnels because it's easy to share stuff. And, and that just happens to be the platform that we've, we've mastered. Yeah. So but. I see, I also like, I love, your, I love your analogy and explanation. When I get down to the, when I get down to where my brain rests, yeah, <laughs> I love that because like, I love that. And then where my brain or our brains like that level, I'm like, okay, a lot of people are like, but ClickFunnels is $97. Why do I need to pay that? I can just, you know, use a page from the email software on my website. You know, that's like, I know like this is next step, but for those people who are like, I don't want to pay. Why would I pay money for something when I can go create, you know, I know my answer, but you know, I don't know what's sitting in your head. So it's, 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 I think about this a lot. Like if you're starting up a, a business, what, what do you have to have? You have to have, if it's a PT clinic, you have to have a space, right? You have to have a physical space that you control. Like, dude, why not just go rent out like a, I don't know, a storage shed or something. And like, you could set it up the same way. Like it would work, right? Dude, it could totally work. Like you could set up a storage shed and just have like a plinth there, right? Like throw some heat packs out, whatever. But it's the the question of, well, do you want to be able to make the space your own? Do you want to be able to have the control to make something your own? And there are some things that I think are pretty essential when you set up a physical business. Like, you, okay, if it's PT, you probably you probably got to have a plinth, right? Or high-low table or something, something to treat on. You've got to have documentation tools. Got to have, right, all, all those things that you have to have to set up a business. I think that if you are going to be running a business in 2019 or beyond, you have to have a digital presence that you can control. Right. And that you have the ability to put up there what you want. That's why I think it's worth investing in something like ClickFunnels, like lead pages, where like, look, it's, it's just going to be a business. Like you, you have to have it. Yeah. But what is it going to do for you? It's like the stock market. You put money into it and it doesn't just go away into a black hole, hopefully, but it brings you a return on investment. Mm-hmm. And in the stock market, we're really freaking happy if we get a 10% ROI, right? Oh my gosh, put $100 in, I got 110 out. It's amazing. Well, in business, if you set it up properly, your business is the best investment you could make because suddenly you go and put the $100 in. And what if you got one patient out of that? What's that one patient worth to your business? A thousand bucks? 1200 bucks? This is no brainer investment, right? So again, it comes back to like, what are those core things that I actually really need for my business to A, survive, but B, thrive? And that's why I think lead generation systems have mm-hmm. to be a part of everyone's business at some point because you're going to run out of word of mouth or referrals. It, like, at some point, you need to be able to control who's coming into your business. Right. And that's how we make that happen. And control their experience too. Yep. Right. Yep. Control yep. their experience and give them like two options that you want them to choose from, not 10 that you'd rather them not choose from. <laughs> exactly, man. So I'm curious, what's your answer for that? Why, why do you tell people that they need or should be paying for something like ClickFunnels or ActiveCampaign or these softwares that help us yeah. market our businesses? Yeah, oh, that's a great, thanks for throwing that back at me. That's great, I, I like it. So 
it's one of those things where like, even if I own my own website, yeah. if I create a landing page on my own website, it's got a lot of distractions. Yep. So when people land there, if I'm paying to drive traffic somewhere, I want to give people only one option or two options. The, the option is to get my book or go backwards or go somewhere or, or get out of the screen. Yeah. You know, I don't want to give them an option to get the book or go look more about Dr. LeBauer or go, you know, see about these other things. I want, I want to funnel them into a place where that's it. And so where, and I can control the look and feel and experience. And I can more easily do that in something like click funnels yeah. because I, they get there, I can control their experience and take them all the way down and show them things I want them to see like testimonials and video reviews and all that stuff after they've opted in and yeah. tell them what to do next. Okay. So that's why, I mean, to me, that's why it's worth the I mean, it's worth thousands and thousands of dollars. And I love, right. and I love your analogy because it was something like I was, I wasn't expecting it. So that was, that was great. I'm a pleasant ad, but yeah, for me, it's all about controlling the experience and the environment. And, and it is, it's, it's my online presence. I'm not going to send them to just some form because, because I already have a, I already have a subscription to active campaign. I'll just send you the active campaign form. Well, active campaign form works, but not half as well as also yeah. adding click funnels. Yeah. And if I'm going to pay to drive people there, I want to be able to split test and control their yeah. options. I mean, it's just like it's just like any research study you ever see, right? You want to be able to control all the factors so that you can know what works and what doesn't. And right. that's why I love that that's why Will and I swear by ClickFunnels, because it's just so modular to be able to control it. I, I tried another another lead gen system uh, a couple of months ago. I was testing building out a course and there were just a bunch of things that I couldn't customize. And I was like, but I want to be able to customize what it looks like on a mobile phone. Right. Like that's really, really important to me because I know when I'm putting ads out there, most of the people come through mobile. So I want to be able to do that. Mm -hmm. I want to make it look good. I want to be able to test like if the button is this color versus this color, or if I do this headline versus this headline, right? I'm a data nerd at my, at my, at my heart, right? I love looking at research. So I've just applied that to marketing, but how would you feel if you know you you created some some research and you couldn't control all the variables? Like how could you draw any conclusions out of what's working, what's right. not? That's why that's why it's just so valuable. Especially if you're driving or if you're putting money into it. Right. You know, and that's why right. I always tell people is like there's a lot of things you need to set up before you start putting money into your marketing. Because yeah. I mean, yes, you can do it with just money, but yeah. if you if you if you don't have other things set up, you don't know if your money's working. As well as it could, completely. And uh, everyone always asks, like, what what software should I be using for that stuff? And now, now Aaron and I just talked about ClickFunnels. There's other ones. Can I, can I mention other ones yeah. on this podcast? Yeah, okay, so there's those. there's Lead Pages. There's Infusionsoft. Mm -hmm. Mailchimp has its own little version. Like, there's all these different ones. And yeah. everyone comes to me and asks, like, what, like I'm using this one. Am I okay on that? Look, here's my honest response. If you're using it and it's working for you and you know how to manipulate the software to get it to do what you want, then use it. I just, yeah. Like use it. Don't. I, I no, don't. I agree. Like oh, oh, right. I used lead pages. I use active campaign. I was on a Weber. I was on a physical therapy specific one. Which are that I mean it does it like I'm using the ones I think are the best when I started on them. If I started over again, I'd probably be all in on ClickFunnels. Yeah. And I've got 10 different things. But really the answer is what's the, 
path of least resistance to getting a big result. And if totally. you're already invested in something, there's no reason to switch. At least, yeah. Right? And something that a lot of people don't know, Aaron, yeah. ClickFunnels has a $19 a month option. Right. Right. Don't we, people don't talk about that. Yeah. Don't, don't tell anyone. Cause that's how you get active campaign for nine bucks is you have to go backwards and find the, you know, secret. Yeah. That's the thing. And people are like, Oh wait, how do I get the $19 a month plan on click funnels? Well, it is limited. You can only have three different funnels and there's actually ways around all that. But, um, you have to have someone who has an existing click funnels account, mm-hmm. share a funnel with you. So if you're like, Ooh, that sounds really cool. Go grab one of Aaron's funnels and you can sign up for the $19 a month account. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you. Thanks for sharing that. So how do you do that? Like, uh, I haven't done it in a long time. I mean, yeah. So we actually have every, everyone who, everyone, uh, all of our course students start with the $19 a month account. What you have to do is a, a, someone has to share a funnel with you. And that basically means they, they give you a little website URL from their ClickFunnels account that has one of their sort of pre-built little mini websites on it. So Aaron, for example, you would send out your share link to them. And they would open up, here's, here's what usually happens. You know how your browser, like if you go online, your internet browser sh- saves these little cookies. It basically yeah. tracks you, right? If you've ever been to ClickFunnels before, then ClickFunnels has put a little cookie on your browser. So I tell people, open up an incognito or a private browsing window and then paste in that link that Aaron gives you or that whoever gives you. And then it comes up and says, hey, what's your name and email? You put in your name and email. And then when you go to purchase, your ClickFunnels account, mm. there should be a third little option that says $19 a month share funnel plan. Right. And if you don't see that, then open up a new incognito window, try again. But that's how you get it. And there's some limitations for sure. But uh, if people are just starting out, that's 100% what I would do. Yeah. Dude, I just, I just created a, a brand new course that's unrelated to PT. I created the whole course, the funnel and everything on the $19 a month ClickFunnels. <laughs> nice. Just as a proof of concept. Yeah. And it did work. That's so cool. Awesome. So what's probably, let's say, you know, because a lot of people come to Aaron, you know, I need more new patients. Yeah. Sometimes I think like, yeah, you know, you don't actually need more new patients. You need something else. But (laughs) let's say someone is, you know, coming to us and you say, Aaron, Alex, they really say, Alex, you know, I need more new people. I just need more new patients. What's the number one thing that you would recommend that someone do? Ask current patients for referrals and send out an email to your current patient list. <laughs> <laughs> like, hey, that's where I'd start, right? You start with right. the lowest hanging fruit. Now, this is coming from the guy who loves digital marketing, who loves Facebook ads. And I'm telling you, start with the lowest hanging fruit. Like, please, I love it. Why, would, why would you ignore that? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not naive enough to, to forget that there are people who you're currently treating right now who have friends and family who would also need to be treated, right? Like that, start there. Okay. Is that, is that a fair, is that a fair that's answer? It. That's perfect. And you know, it's like, I mean, that's my, like module number one in my marketing course <laughs> is exactly that module eight. The last module is Facebook ads. You right. Know? I, I prioritize other things and you know, it's like, like I said, you got like, I went out and got lead pages because it was the least expensive way I could split test two landing pages. Yeah. Right. So I was like, if I'm going to do Facebook ads, I got to be able to split test. And I did yeah. that. And I was like, okay, I found the limitation and you know, I'm, I'm over, I'm over, oops, I'm over on, over on ClickFunnels because you know, that's the best thing for me, but I'll get back off <laughs> back on track. But it is, yes, it's, it's, it's people forget. They think some of this stuff, it's sexy. 
they, you know, oh, I got to do this. This is the new thing. And they forget that they actually, you know, have hundreds of people that, you know, they could tap into like the low hanging fruit. Yeah. So let me ask you this. Yeah. If you were going to send an email out for one of your clients to their existing patients Mm -hmm. to reactivate them, what would it say? To reactivate existing, you know, like to to do what you just told me you would do. What what is that email going to say? Yeah. First of all, it's got to be in your own voice. Like it has to sound like you. So there's not some formula that I feel like, oh, you have to do this, right? Like make it genuine, make it about you. I always like to tell people have a reason for why you're doing something. Mm -hmm. So right now, uh, as we're recording this, we're, we're close to the new year. Heck, maybe you say, Hey guys, it's the new year. If you're dealing with back pain, you're, or you've got knee pain or something, something, blah, 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 or you know someone who does, I want you to send them this email because right now, since it's the new year, I'm doing some special. I've got something that I'm celebrating, right? And you can come in and get a quick screen for $19 or whatever. Have, have some reason to be sending the email and have an offer to be giving them. Have some reason for them to be acting right now. That, that's what I would, I would say. So that they're like, oh, look, they're having an offer. I should send this to Judy because I know she's, she's got back pain. Yeah. Right. Then it, then it promotes the fact that you exist and there's a reason that you're doing this and maybe it's a limited time off or whatever. That's what I would be doing. Yeah. Awesome. I love it. That's so good. Can, can I, can I just say one other thing? Because Please. the next logical question is, well, all right, when do I run ads? Yeah. Because <laughs> that's what people always come, come to us with. Yeah. You have talked about this before. And so lots of credit to you, Aaron, for this. But it's just also what we've found as we've worked with our students time and time again is that they feel like we'll have people all the time come to us because we're known for Facebook ads. People come to us and say, hey, we did this ad. Like, we didn't get anything out of it. Like, what's wrong with it? Mm-hmm. And very often we'll talk about, okay, who's your target audience? What's, like, what's, your, what's their pain point? What email follow-ups do you have in place? What's your, like, all these different pieces. And they're like, whoa, I had no clue. It's like, okay. We love Facebook ads, don't get me wrong, but there's a lot of other stuff you need to have in place mm-hmm. before running ads becomes a profitable activity for your business. Right. So really quickly, I just want to drop the things that I think about for those people who are considering running ads. So maybe you're, you've decided 2019 is the year that like, boom, I'm taking, this, I'm taking this business to the next level. Like I'm breaking past this idea of I have to have physician referrals to keep my business afloat. I'm going all in like what Aaron teaches. I'm, I'm, I'm going cash pay, like doing my own thing. Maybe I'm going to operate out of a gym for a while. Maybe I've got my business for, for a while already. And I just want to start creating new referral sources for myself. Mm-hmm. Here's what you have to have. This is like the laundry list, the checklist that I go through before I'm running any paid ads, okay? Number one, I have to know who is the the target patient that I would want to have in, okay? I would be looking at who are the past patients that I've treated, that I love treating, that got better, that uh, could afford me, all those things that I know that you talk about as well, Aaron. Mm -hmm. Figure out your target audience. Next, I would figure out what pain point can I help them with? So get very clear on one specific target audience, one specific pain point first, okay? I am not sitting down and thinking, okay, I'm going to plan out all my marketing campaigns all at once and like this massive thing. I just start with one, okay? One target patient, one pain point. And then I'm looking at what is some incentive that I can create for them to give me their name and email address. We call this a lead magnet, right? Mm -hmm. Ebooks, free video guide, quizzes are, are doing really well right now that I'm creating that 
Next, I'm creating some landing page, some place either on my website or if I'm really serious about it, I'll get something like ClickFunnels and I'll create a page where someone can go opt in or they can put their name and email address in, right? Then I'm also creating a short follow-up sequence through my email provider. If I don't have an email provider that, that, that can send out automated emails for me, then I'm jumping on something like MailChimp or ActiveCampaign, okay? Once I have my target audience, their pain point, a lead magnet, a landing page, and an email sequence in place, then I'm thinking about running my ads. Mm -hmm. Before that, doesn't make sense, right? Right. The other thing I didn't talk about is having some sort of procedure for what happens when I get a new lead, right? If if someone does give me their name and email address, how am I getting on the phone with them within 24 hours, if not sooner? You know, what's, what's that process look like? Who do they talk to? How do I get them into the clinic? Do I have a specific offer for them? All those things you need to have in mind, but I'm never running an ad until I have those things in place. Right. Awesome. Would you also spend some time testing the free lead gen through organic traffic before you ran money to it? Great. Let's define a couple of those terms. So you just said organic. That means anything that's free, right? Facebook, Mm -hmm. Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, whatever. So Aaron, you're just suggesting that, hey, let's take this free thing that we're making and see if anyone actually cares about it. Yeah, we should be starting with the lowest hanging fruit, right? Maybe send that out to our email address, to our email list. People who already already know us and say, hey, I just made this back guide. Check it out. And uh, maybe you even ask a few people, do a little like case study, send it to 10 people, say, hey, I've got this new guide. Maybe it's with current patients. Would you read through this and let me know like, is this good stuff? How did you feel about this? Do you think this was worth getting? And ask for honest feedback. So yeah, I would definitely be starting with, again, low hanging fruit. Where can I get some, some initial feedback? Could you like test it with paid ads? Sure. But it's definitely better to be putting something out there that we know works with people who already know us so that when we're putting in front of people who don't know us, mm-hmm. we know that it's good enough to, to get them to, to take action on it. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Cause I think you're like, Oh yeah. Cause I'm sitting there going, well, yeah, if I really want to do that. So now I got that thing. Okay. Let's go run some money to it. Hey, wait a minute. You know, Alex, why, why isn't it done work? Why are leads costing us $30 a lead or why is no one downloading my ebook? Yeah. You know, yeah. well, is are we targeting the right person? Do we have the right message? Do we have the right offer? Yeah. All those things have to ma- uh, matter. All right? those things. And, and the great thing about, this is why I love paid advertising so much because it gives you data. Like, mm-hmm. you know, if it's your ad that sucks, if it's your opt-in page that sucks, if it's your follow-up sequence that sucks, because you can look at like, where is it expensive, right? right. If it's, if my ad is really expensive, then it's my, and what is expensive? It depends on your niche and all that stuff. I'm sure you teach that in your stuff. We do too. Like, okay, maybe it's that. Maybe it's my opt-in page. Maybe I sent, you know, I got 50 clicks People clicked on my ad 50 times, but zero people opted in to my, to my free guide. Well, okay, then maybe your opt-in page kind of sucks. Right. Boom, we can go in right there and fix that. It's so much faster to do that with paid marketing mm-hmm. than it is with the free marketing because you just can't get that volume of data right. as quickly right. on the free side. What's the minimum someone needs to expect to spend a month and for how long to do paid advertisements? Like online, digital, paid advertisements, sure. not talking newspaper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Facebook. So if someone is just starting out, let's say you you just rented some space in a gym, like you're just barely, barely starting out and you're on a total shoestring budget. The bare minimum that you can actually pay for on Facebook is $1 a day. 
Okay. We recommend this dollar a day strategy for anyone who's, who's in audience building mode, mm-hmm. which is all of us. Um, but for, for starting off, at least do this dollar a day where you are, uh, you can create one ad where it's, uh, and the easiest way to do it is just create a video that mm-hmm. is just pure value based. So like teaching someone one exercise for back pain, keep the video to under one minute. We have a whole one minute video formula. People are interested. Keep it to one minute, put it at a dollar a day. And that way we can start at least generating awareness about ourselves. And later on, we can go track people who watch that video in Facebook and send them ads in the future. So that's, that's like bare minimum where I would start. Mm-hmm. That's 30 bucks a month. I feel like to really be like starting to crank up your marketing, if you're going Facebook, if you're going kind of Facebook and Instagram, then I really feel like you probably need to be looking at dropping somewhere between two and $300 starting off per mm-hmm. month. I think that's a pretty solid starting point. And that's still do it yourself. That's still, yeah, that's doing it yourself. That's actual ad spend. Like that's mm-hmm. how much I would be spending on Facebook slash Instagram. And we could get into the discussion of why Facebook and Instagram for another day. But I would expect somewhere around that. The clinics who are bigger, who are, if you've got multiple clinic locations, that's a totally different story. People will generally spend somewhere between 250 to eight, $900, maybe a thousand plus, depending on how big you end up getting. Mm-hmm. But like, look, if you're a modest sized clinic or you're just starting out, if you can allocate somewhere around 150 to 300 a month for your marketing budget, just on, on the Facebook side, like I think that that could be a reasonable starting point. Yeah. And then within three months or so, I'd want to start seeing a realistic ROI on that. You've got to give it the first month or two. It's just going to suck because you, like, you don't know, does my opt-in page work? Do I have an offer that works? Do I have my audience targeted in? That should take you two months-ish, two to three months to really start honing in. Mm-hmm. And then you start saying, okay, sweet. I can run an offer ad where I'm saying, hey, come into the clinic for a $20 back pain assessment. And boom, I can get a couple of, of those $20 right. ones coming in boom, one, one upsells to a, a full plan of care. I just paid for my marketing budget for the past three yeah. months, right? I love it. Because a lot of people come in like, oh, I've been doing Facebook ads for two weeks. It's not working. <laughs> it's like two yeah. weeks. <laughs> it's, a, it's, it's a building process, man. Right. Like you can't expect to spend $10 and get a patient. That's, mm-hmm. that worked. We'd, we'd all be like rolling in Lambos all over, man. Like, right, right. Lambos. Like you're, real, you're, you're only a real player. Like real players don't only have one. Do you know that? No, that's Real true. Real players that's got true. three or four and they don't care how much it costs. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I think having, having a realistic expectation going into that's really important. Just yeah. know that it's like, I get that it's a big, a business cost. I get yeah. that there's not a lot of, not a lot of income up front as a business owner. But again, that's why I'm starting with the low hanging fruit, right? Yeah. I'm getting yeah. my business to the point where I can afford $200, $300 a month uh, and be cool with it. Mm-hmm. And but you should be able to get to a point where you spend three hundred dollars a month on it, and you get two or three new patients a month, and you're like, totally. three thousand. You put in three hundred, get three thousand or more back. Right. Where else are you getting that kind of ROI? But again, even if you're just starting off, I would really recommend this dollar a day strategy, mm-hmm. so that you're building an audience in the background. Like build that audience in the background, so that when you do have the two to three hundred dollars, boom, you've got like five thousand people who've already been watching your videos that right. you could go send ads to again. Also, please, please, please get your Facebook pixel up on your website. If you don't know what that is, come into our group. Yeah, (laughs) go into your group. group. You got to get your Facebook pixel up. It's the little piece of code that tracks people who come to your website and then you can send them ads even if they don't opt in. 
And even if you're not ready to spend $30 a month now, it's get your pixel up ASAP. Yep. Like that's probably the first thing yeah. to do is to get the, you know, go to your group, get the, find that video and get that pixel on your website. Totally. <laughs> and the great thing is you can do that. It, it can, you can retarget people six months later, up to six months. So if, even yeah. if you put it on now, if you're like, I'm not going to be ready for five months, that's just fine. You could still in the future be sending ads to people who came yeah. to your services page six months ago, you could be sending them ads. So yeah. pretty darn cool. It's yeah. well worth it to get up now. It's free. Yeah. That's awesome. Small question. Yes. About the same thing. Dollar day strategy. At some point, wasn't the minimum $5 a day on ads? So it depends on what kind of campaign you're running. Yeah, if you're running a video view campaign, which mm-hmm. is the type that I would do for this dollar a day strategy, then it's $1. If you're running a link click or a lead gen campaign, like a conversion campaign, mm-hmm. then it's 5 bucks. Okay. Which, by the way, none of us should be running conversion campaigns on Facebook. So if, if you're running those, turn those off, Aaron. Why? What's the what's the deal with conversion campaign versus Facebook? Can't, uh, they're really good for e-commerce stuff, mm-hmm. guys. Like super nerdy side note moment here. If you're yeah. running Facebook ads, you'll know what this means. But the conversion ads are, are optimized for e-commerce, where you're getting I think it's sale versions per per week. Okay, and under that, it can't optimize for them anyway. So you should be running them as traffic campaigns otherwise. Got it. Got it. Okay, so. Conversion is when it tracks someone after they've downloaded your book or after they've bought yep. your product. Yep. And if you have less than 50 a week, it's not really going to optimize for you the way Correct. of traffic. Yeah, that's right. the minimum. Okay, <laughs> got it. You guys dabble in Google ads? We do. Will is our Google ads expert. So ask him about all the Google ads. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'll do that when he comes on the show. I Please. think he's a few more weeks. Oh, we got man. oh man, it's going to be so good. Yeah, that's cool. I'll have to do that because... Google's funny. <laughs> it, like they send me the most people, but I can't pay them to send me people. Really? Oh, you'll have to talk to well, them. Well, I can, but really they won't re, you know, so here's, and I don't want to get too deep into this, but they won't re- let me retarget off my website or my blog. Gotcha. So okay. I just got it, you know, so because of their rules and I just don't have the time to figure that out. So, yeah. And we'll, I don't we'll think they a lot of that out. You know, I don't know if you guys, you guys know, like, are you able to retarget people off? Again, that's a, good, that's a will question. That's a, that's a will question. Yeah. <laughs> we yeah. teach all that. Will was the one who teaches that in our, in our primary program. So yeah. he's, he's dove into that big well, time. I'll dig into will on that one. Dig, dig sure. into it. <laughs> will, if you're listening, be ready. Alex, we're, you know, I, I mean, we could, I think we could chat for another couple hours, but we're kind of running out of time. And for the episode, I don't want, I don't want people to spend way too long here and I got to go home for the, for the weekend. So, hey, all right. <laughs> Is there anything else uh, from our conversation you think is important that people need to know that we might have left out? Yeah, I just I just want people to know that a like if you're an entrepreneur and you're feeling like this is all really scary and really hard to do and you don't know if you're going to make it, it's okay. <laughs> like it, we all feel like that, and and I I know I have in the past year and a half, but what's helped me break through that and helped us have success. And, and I'd be interested to hear for you as well, Aaron. But what's, what's really made the difference for us is building an audience. Like that's the, the most important thing is just to be able to build a group of people who know you, who trust you, and who are willing to tell you how you can help them. Mm-hmm. That, that for us has been the biggest thing. As online business owners, especially, and as someone who, who works with brick and mortar business owners every day, I just know it's, it's scary, right? And it's like, how am I going to pay rent? 
How am I going to pay all the bills? Like I, I get, especially starting off this stuff scary, but just know that if you're consistent in giving other people value online, things, things are going to work out. Okay. Things are totally going to work out. There's tons of opportunities to learn and grow. Please, please, please follow people who have been where you want to be. The reason that our business has grown so quickly is because we have mentors who have been where we want to be and we have paid the money to teach us how they got there in a very personal way. Right. And that for us has just been a total game changer. So I know that early on, it's hard, it's scary. You can totally do this. You can make it through. Awesome. Thanks, man. That's a great, I love that. I appreciate that so much. So Alex, if someone wants to get in touch with you, how do they find you? Tell us, tell us where do they find your uh, Facebook group? And uh, if there's anything else you have to offer yeah, man. or something. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I talked about how Will and I started this Facebook group. It's called Healthcare Digital Marketing. So if you look it up on Facebook, just type in Healthcare Digital Marketing. It should be the first group that comes up. That's our home base. We teach every single week in there. And I know we, we've talked about how amazing you do in Cash PT Nation. We teach the marketing side of things really deep in there and we answer a lot of questions and there's 2,000 other people who are in there learning the same stuff. Mm -hmm. So if you want free weekly training... Tuesday Night Fever. Tuesday Night Fever. Oh, you know, I'm so glad that's a thing. I love Tuesday Night Fever. That's awesome. Dude, that group's got 2,000 people already. That's awesome. Yeah, we're we're like five shy of 2,000 right now. So we're going to hit it here next week, which just blows my mind. Totally blows my mind. So Healthcare Digital Marketing on Facebook. If you're interested in learning how to grow a following online from an organic standpoint, meaning like the free stuff, like how do I grow on Facebook? How do I grow on Instagram, YouTube, LinkedIn? Uh, Will and I just dropped a new course on that. It's called Social Secrets, which we're really excited about. And you can check that out at healthyfunnel.com slash social secrets. So those are two places you can go. We have, do you mentioned, you know, freebies. Yeah. We have probably like 30 different free marketing guides that we've put out in healthcare digital marketing in our Facebook group. So if people go there. It's, it's like an entire course. So just go, to the, just go to the Facebook group to find those. Go to the Facebook group and uh, you can look under the tags. We have so many free things and you'll see people in there requesting yeah. them every single day. We send them out to them. That's awesome. My groups don't have like, like the tags yet. Dude, tags when they come, it's amazing. You know, it's like, I got some other stuff. It's like, like, like it would make my life so easy. I don't have those yet. It's crazy. Yeah, we, we, we gotta, <laughs> we gotta get in touch with Mark Zuckerberg about that. Come on, Facebook. I know. I know. That's awesome. And well, Alex, thanks for spending time here today. Thanks for your friendship. Thanks for, you know, sharing your knowledge with everybody. I really appreciate it. Aaron, total pleasure to be on here, man. I appreciate you. Yeah. For the Cash PT Lunch Hour, this is Aaron LeBauer and Alex Engar, and we'll see you guys next time. Peace out, y'all. Hey, thanks again for spending your time with us today. If you're a new listener, then thanks for checking out the show. And don't forget, you can find all the resources and links mentioned, as well as show notes over at aaronlebauer.com. If you found this podcast and information valuable to you, we would greatly appreciate a five-star rating and review on iTunes and a shout out on social media wherever you hang out. 